When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just found out my married son had an affair and the woman may be pregnant. I breastfed all my children at the same time. I also breastfed my husband. What? what? That's all fun and everything. And then all of a sudden this thought creeps into my head. What if I teleport to the roof? You guys want to talk about boobs for a quick second? I am not friend of. I am not housewife, maybe. I am housewife. Needless to say, we wind up having sex. Whoa! Whoa. I think my life without television would have been drastically different. Sex in a car is probably something you're not that great at. I was great at that, actually. Do we know the good shit? We absolutely do. Rich Wachili is not hairy. I will say this. No one gets more unsolicited drinks thrown at them than now. Chris Manzo 08, Venmo. There were daddy conversations, there were mommy conversations. Having you on the show was a mistake. Here's my thought. I just had an idea, but I forgot it. The dating life in general should have just straight up contracts. Should be like sports. What's up, everyone? Dear Albie, it's a new episode. The Don is here. I am right. Yeah, I didn't realize I was just doing this, and uh, it's really, really, really loud in the earphones, and that jacked me up just now. Did you, did, you, did you notice my surprise? No, I'm sorry. I was looking down. It's my genuine surprise at, at the just sheer volume that was in my ears. But anyway, what's up, Don? Nothing much. Um, so a uh, little bit slapstick, last minute throwing it together. We had a lot of crazy uh, mailbag stuff come in. Or so I'm told, because I don't read them until the last second. Um, and uh, uh, we we actually we had a lot of we had a lot of fun too um, on this last week's show. Do you read the reviews ever? I mean, I don't know if you actually, do you actually listen to this stuff or are you like Chris? I'm pretty much like Chris. That's great. Well, no, here's the thing: I, the, no, the family support's overwhelming. No, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Whenever I am on a show, you know. Uh, a talk show, whatever the case may be, whatever things I've filmed over, you know, crossovers for Bravo and stuff like that. I never watch them. Never watch anything. No. No. So like, like if I'm in, a, if there's a magazine article or something, I don't read it. You just don't. You don't. You don't want to. You just don't like to sign your own voice or like like. How does that happen? I don't know. I don't under, I don't know why. It's just that um, maybe because I lived it and I did it, so I don't need to revisit it, kind of thing. Um, but, uh, I don't watch it. I don't listen to it. I don't read it. None of it. Nothing. Nothing at all. No. Well, um, you know, it, it was, I don't know if you've ever done this before. Um, but there are several like ratings and comments you could leave in a podcast. And we played a little game, um, where basically I had, uh, uh, I had a ton of people tagging me and you actually brought it up to me. Several, several, several people tagged me in variety of accounts this guy talking to his baby yes like going back and forth and like you know the baby's talking baby and the guy's talking english and everyone's saying oh my god this is just like you and marky now some people later in the week almost got a little bit heated like me and marky got the trademark on the baby gibberish stuff which i found like i was like wow you guys go hard i'm not going to discourage this type of thing because i like i love the passion but also take it easy right (laughs) But, but it was um it was a really really funny video so but that baby was literally literally the hand gestures the facial you know that baby was 
in it. That baby was where Marky's kind of just like. Well, I have to tell you the truth. I I was actually very happy um, to to see this because Marky needs a little reality check. Yeah. You know, she's she got to work harder. She needs something. She needs a little, a little fire under. Right. You know what I mean? She can't just think she's going to show up. Well, listen, she's she's already, you know, uh, very popular on social media and everything. It may have gotten to her head. She's yeah. got to work a little harder. And she's got to recognize who carries who right. in those videos. You right. know what I mean? So that, we, little, that little baby was absolutely having a conversation with his father. Mm-hmm. The hand gestures, the, you know, the, the head movements, everything. Where Marky just kind of like goes, shoots from the hip, which yeah. she has to prepare a little more. She, honestly, she just needs to, if we're going to do this and do it right, you right. know, she needs to really bring it. Do a homework. She just, and honestly, I, I can't do this for the both of us. Right. I really can't. Right. I can't. Um, but I, uh, so I had one that um, I hadn't posted yet. And I said, hey, look, if you go in the comments and write, can't nobody tell me nothing, which is a line in the song that I was singing, I will post a video. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is the most hysterical freaking thing you've ever seen. And I don't know, like, this is like going to be the new thing. It's going to be the new Venmo, if you will, which, oh, by the way, okay, I am now getting tweets from people that are getting into arguments with their husbands because they've been Venmoing Chris so much. Well, guys, listen, it has to stop. That's wonderful. It's but- madness. The, the money just sits there. It's crazy. Well, he said he's going to do something funny with it, like, or whatever. But, I mean, at the end of the day, okay, it, it really has reached peak just craziness. Right. And you know what? You know, here's, here's what's bad. People think I'm joking around. Like, it, it, it gets under my skin. It really does. And then, okay, they're doing it now specifically saying... All right. In the message, which, by the way, he screenshots and puts in the group text of everybody that works on the show. Every single one of them says this is to piss Al off, this is to piss Al off, this is to piss Al off, which, number one, works. Okay, 100%. But this is a vicious cycle right. that has been created that I, I just don't understand it. Right. And please, guys, we don't need to have arguments with, you know, uh, husbands and wives, et cetera. <laughs> um, it's not that deep, but we appreciate it and it's funny and it's fun. So let's keep it light, light the way it's supposed to be. It's right? uh yeah it, it's really been um just kind of ridiculous but uh you know look Well love thanks a lot it's, thanks a lot It's nice at least that people are listening so yes. um you know it just kind of uh was was really just just to me pretty wild to see the um the whole thing kind of play out now on on Twitter of all things um but anyway um so Couple of things. Number one, uh, Greg Bennett hit me up. He said he laughed like crazy at the bachelor party discussion that we had, whether or not I will be invited to his bachelor party, and if I should be offended if I'm not invited to his bachelor party. Did he just say he laughed, or did he comment? Did he respond? No, did he, he, say t- he texted invited? me. He texted yes. me um, and said, "Dude, I'm rolling on the floor laughing at this whole thing." And actually, said rolling. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly what he said. A couple of things. Number one, there's definitely. That's definitely the first time he's ever listened to the podcast. 100%. The second, because I put it in my story that we were talking about him getting engaged. And you know he's like, you know, he's, you know. He's Greggy. It, it's about Greg. Right. So <laughs> he's going to listen because it's about him now. So um, he did answer some of it. We and him went back and forth. And I'm not going to um, 
say anything well, because we're gonna have him on the show. I was gonna say save it for have him. Well, of course, on the show. Yeah, but what he said was, well, "Will you come in? Are you, are you mobile? Can you can you come to me on this?" And he's I was like, got Greg, a bad poolside though at his apartment. And no, no, he said that. I mean, look at where we are right now. I mean, there's wires involved. I'm not trying to set up next to a pool. You do understand. I do understand that, but he does have quite the, uh, quite the quite the uh, quite the setup. The yeah. setup over yeah. there. Well. <clears throat> Anyway, Greg's going to be on. Me and him talked about it. We're going to shoot for this week, and we'll make it happen for you guys because I know everybody's wanted him on for a while. Uh, but here we go. Dear Abby Mailbag at gmail.com. First one today is from Lisa. Lisa said, hi, love your podcast, especially when you have your mom on. Thanks, Lisa. Look at that. Look at that. You mentioned you feel dating should be like sports contracts, and I loved it. Can you please go into detail about what this contract would entail? Can't wait to see if you have Marky on the show. Love your videos with her. I'm emailing and DMing you because I'm so interested in your thoughts on the contract. Now, I've actually gotten this a bunch. Do you know what she's talking about? No. Which makes me hate you. You want to know why it makes me no, hate you? No, wait, no, no, no. Because I do know, but I don't recall. How's okay. that? It's in the intro. It's right. in the intro of every show that has ever played. Right. Okay. I love the intro, by the way. Yeah, it's it's a good intro. It's a great intro. And the very, very last thing in the intro says, dating should be like, a dating the dating world yeah, should have contracts. Go, you, it should be like sports. But you don't go into it. That's my point. Well, in the episode, because it. it's in the intro, Mom. It's an introduction. I understand it's that, not, but I didn't listen to the d- episode. But so. the intro is a clip from various episodes spread out. I understand, that. Out. Okay, I understand now, that. That was a quick, that was a little quick blurb, I guess, from one of the other shows, right? But- it's actually kind of an interesting concept if you think about it, okay? Because if you think about the institution of marriage, all right? It's a contract. It is a contract. There's really no terms on that contract. It's a life to, till death do us part right. style of contract. And health. That's I'm wondering about it. if there's a better way, not necessarily to call it a, a, a marriage-like contract, or something a little bit lower. You know, like maybe before you want to get into the marriage thing, you say, hey, listen, I'd love to sign you to a five-year relationship contract. Renewable every five years? Well, you can you can negotiate. You're the GM of your own team. Like you and dad would sit down. What if you have kids down. then? Well, kids obviously come. Like you're, now you're bringing it into where well, there's a standard, like at that point, obviously, where a kid's involved, where, you know, the legal end of things is, has been established for all that. Okay. I mean, specifically for the relationship. But it's kind of cool because if you think about it, it's like, hey, listen. Maybe you say to them, hey, look, I'll give you a three-year deal with an option for a fourth year. You know what I mean? And maybe you have restrictions on that, like performance incentives. Why don't you start your own LegalZoom-esque contract um, service for dating? So da- just dating dating, uh, dating contracts? Mm. And there's, there's levels. There's engagement. There's living together. Yeah. Well, there's you're saying, hey, listen, getting... like, you know, you're signing to each other and you're saying, all right, you know, right. I'm, I, I'm signing off here. And like someone might say to me, all right, cool. Like you're paying the rent and the cable and the groceries right. and the electric so like and all that other stuff. It's rookie. Then they, get, right. then they get engaged. It's varsity. And then they get married. It's like, you know, OK, ownership. That well, kind ba- of thing. basically what you're doing at that point is, you know, you're just kind of you're establishing the uh, deliverables right. on both sides. Right. OK. And you're saying at that point, hey, listen, it's kind of like a lease, okay? At the end of that lease, you guys look at each other, okay, the term of the contract, right. and you say, hey, look, I think I'd like to play for a different team. It's certainly an option at that point. Right. Are and, there penalties for breaking the contract? Well, I mean, you know, maybe there are trades. Mm. Maybe you, that could be interesting, too, like sports. There could be trades, mm. you know? Wow, that's heavy. That would be sick. Can you imagine though? Like, think about think about how like like the news on that. What well, it would be like. Think about how many marriages broke up because one of the one of the partners was having an affair with the best. Yeah, so just, of the trade, other. So just, just trade, just trade, just trade. Right. Yeah, you sit, you sit down, you work it out. 
Mm-hmm. You work out the terms of the deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe there's a sign and trade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like maybe, you know. Bonuses. Yeah. There you go. That's see, see what I mean? It's so great. Everything about it. You know what I mean? Everything about it's so great. Like maybe like, you know, so I, if, if I just got into a contract, you know, I got, I got a three-year deal with my girlfriend, but someone's coming on the tail end of a four-year deal with somebody else right. kind of into them. It's a sign and trade. You trade, but she wants an extension. Right. You know? Mm. There, there could be some teeth to this, and there could be something where I think you could do an app or something and just have a dating legal Zoom-esque type thing. I'm busy enough, man. So if that's how you feel, you know. Go for I, it. I am I am busy enough, mm. you know. But anyway, um, so we got another one. DRLBmailbag at gmail.com. We got a bunch this week. Um, and a lot of them, Don, are specifically for you. Thanks, they, guys. They actually say um, a number of things. Which, hence, is why I'm sitting here. That's why you're here. Well, you know why? Because, like, look, when we see it, we want to give the people what they want. Mm. This next one, dear album email bag at gmail.com. This one is from Steven from PA. Dear Albie, I have a few questions for the Don. I am a longtime fan of the show, particularly because Caroline and your family. I currently only watch Jersey for for Dolores, who I ran into the other day. Her and Frank. Okay. Uh, Frank Frankie, little Frankie, Frankie, little Frankie. Frankie. Um Question is, how did Caroline and Dolores meet? Has Dolores being on the show impacted their friendship in any way? Did Dolores come to Caroline for any advice prior to her joining the show? I know she filmed with you guys prior to being on the show or when Crazy Danielle made her comeback. Um, There's a next. Uh, Next, what does Caroline think of what I call the quote-unquote behind-the-scenes takedowns of some of the housewives? I'm referring to what appears to have happened with Siggy on NJ and what is currently happening at Beverly Hills to Lisa Vanderpump. It seems very apparent to me that when fellow cast members and or production turn on someone, there is much more that the viewers don't see going on behind the scenes. Is there any truth to that? Steven is very inquisitive. And he he's inquisitive and he's intuitive. Oh, wow. There you go. Steve, Steven, I wish you could have seen her face just now. You really, <laughs> you really struck a chord with the Don. Well, let's start with Dolores. First of all, okay, little did you know, Dolores was the very first person ever. When we came out and said we had um, the show Dear Albie to say that she wanted to do the show. Right. We've been meaning to do that. Right. She's a busy girl. She is. So we'll make sure we make a note to ask her when she does the show. But um, go ahead. How, how did you meet Dolores? I, I guess Dolores how did, it had to be through dad, no? So many years ago that I don't remember. It had to be through dad, though. I don't remember. It had to be through dad. Um, yeah, because... You know, the relationship with her dad and her brothers and everything else. And it was so many years ago. Frankie, baby, Frankie was like four. When, when, when Three or four when we met. You know, he was tiny. Got it. You know? So, um, anyway. Um, Did, uh, all right. So, so, I mean. So, so that's how we met a thousand hmm. years ago. I don't even remember. Has our relationship changed since she's been doing the show? Absolutely not. It's still very much the same. Um, Dolores and I don't see each other often, but when we do see each other, it's like we saw each other yesterday. That's the relationship we have. As far as her getting advice from me, uh, little did you know, Dolores was one of the original people that was considered to be on Housewives. And at the time, she was dating some jackass that was very uh, controlling, etc., that did not want her to be on the show. So she didn't go on. I didn't know that. Yes. Fast forward to season two. She was asked back again. And someone else, another cast member, talked her out of joining. And I was always a a um, 
a strong supporter of Dolores being on the show because I think she brings a lot to the table because there's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. And she's very mm-hmm. straightforward, straight-talking kind of person. So over the past few years since I left and, and um, you know, the years, you know, up, up, up until she was signed a couple of years ago, I was a big um, advocate of her being on the show and I would talk to producers, et cetera, and everybody else involved and say, get back to Dolores, get back to Dolores, look at her again, look at her again, because I think she has something to offer. So I am thrilled that she's on the show. And um, yes, she does come to me from time to time with um, looking for advice or just looking to vent kind of thing. And uh, we always have very brutally honest, fun conversations. And that's what makes uh, our relationship special because we could tell each other anything, uh, good, bad, ugly, and we'll laugh it off or take it to heart and do something about it. As far as um, people changing on the show, Lisa Vanderpump and all that kind of thing, I get it. What happened to yeah. that? I don't know. I think that there was an issue. You with, were telling me the other day. Some dogs. Well, first of all, somebody. we don't. I don't. I don't know what. Honestly, I don't. We don't, we don't keep watch. up on any yeah, of this stuff. We don't but watch. I do remember you saying something to me about. I think it was about Lisa. No, 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 not Lisa. No, I, there was uh, on on my homepage for when I read the news every morning. There was a thing that she had was not going to the reunion. And then the next day was on the homepage that she had left Housewives. I get it. I understand a thousand percent where she's coming from. There comes a point, And listen, I'm talking. I could be completely out of turn here because I don't know. I'm not intim- intimately involved with anything. I don't watch a show and I don't follow anything. So, but just from my own experience, I can say that um, it gets to be a very ugly place when the women don't want to work together to make something great better. Okay, when they all have their self, um, you know, um, they're worried about themselves and nobody else. They're not worried about the big picture. They're not looking at the success of the show. They're only worried about their individual successes, and they will stomp on your head, stab you in the back, trip over you, and take the bracelet off your hand as they're walking past you. It's that kind of thing. So There's also a lot of people on the sidelines, too, where somebody gets a publicist that thinks they're a big deal or something like that that starts, like, planning stories and this and that, and... And they start playing these games that will definitely mess with you a little bit. And that was something that we never did. We never yeah. planted a story. We never listened when it would be funny because people would say, oh, so-and-so said this. And, oh, Caroline, you you know, you're the best one. You're the one that's got the most talent here. And I would look at them and say, and then you're going to go over to Teresa's house in an hour and tell her the same thing. All you're trying to do is get us riled up against each other. And look, some, right? some of them are, are better at that than others. So. And you know what? And there could be a lot of truth to it, too. It's a game. It's a chess game. It is a wicked, wicked chess game. The thing is you have to be smarter than it. Well, it's kind of like being, and I would tell this to people, the anxiety level is extreme. Through the roof. Because it's kind of like, like, you know how I have people that have come up to me over the years that say they watched that show, you know, while we were on. And everybody, and they would say the fighting is exhausting. Mm. It's like living that for eight months straight. No, but it doesn't like you go can't away. Turn it off. No, and you just can't turn it off. And then you have to relive it when it airs, and everybody's seeing everything, and you get the phone calls. Why'd you say that? Why didn't you tell me my bra was shown? Why didn't you tell me I didn't have a good hair? Why didn't you say I had parsley in my teeth? Why did you say that to this one? It's like my God. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, uh, one one of the things that I remember vividly and we should really try and have her on the show it's a short window but we should try the text messages from Jacqueline would start usually around 6 45 a.m <laughs> and they'd be pages to everybody yes ding, 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 yeah. ding. that's how everybody would wake up well no what it was she would 
watch mm-hmm. and she would dissect oh yeah the chess game oh yeah so now you're watching and you're like okay i just saw this what's going to happen next week what do you think she said about that where i would go i'd film i'd come home and try to forget it um but sometimes you know there are those that just can't um and that was com- mentally exhausting yeah. exhausting yeah um, so yeah, I, and then, I remember and, that really well. And though. then you get to a point where you're just like, you don't care anymore. It's like I don't care. And then you get to a point where people stop believing the nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know maybe Bravo had a little bit of an issue with me, and this is just me again, overthinking maybe or maybe I'm right. Where uh, I'd go on a talk show and they'd say, "Oh, C- Caroline, you're this." You know, I'm like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm just me." Mm-hmm. I we got lucky. There's no ta- there's no talent. We're a group of women that got put together, and it was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, but you know, there, you know? It, it, it's funny. I, I've talked about this a lot. Um, you know, and I, I had a I had a uh, conference or uh, basically an event where I, I made a speech. Not I didn't make a speech. I, I spoke at this event, um, and I talk about that a lot. Where you go through something where everybody gets a lot of attention at once, and it's all people that you know, and you know them on day one before TV comes on. And then you shoot day one of season two, and everybody has this idea of what people are responding to, and you knew right away who is feeling themselves or or buying into it and who wasn't. Right. Um, and that's when the games kind of started, and I think that's kind of how how it all kind of deteriorates in one way or another. So, um, uh, you know, but that's all Steve had. Yeah, well, Steve, Steve, like I said, you're intuitive and you're right, and there is a lot more behind the scenes. But that's life. You wor- it's like being in the workplace every day, the water cooler stuff. So, yeah, you're right. Wow. So okay, that was uh, that was a big one. Um, we got another one here. <clears throat> Dear Albie Mailbag at Gmail dot com. This is from Becky. Becky asks, "Do I care too much?" She says that in the in the. Um, it's a long one. I gotta get through it. We're not crazy long, but. Is it the Becky from Beyonce song? Is that her name, Becky? Um, with the long hair. You know, I don't. Hair, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gotten into the question. I have no idea what this says. Okay. Dear Albie, big fan of yours. I started at my current job almost two years ago. I became quick friends with one of the girls. Almost a year into the job, I started working in another position at my job. This girl was super supportive about me working in this other position and wanted to do nothing with what I am doing now. And wanted nothing to do with what I am doing now. This girl and I don't work together as much anymore. There are times when she is super friendly with me and everything is great. But then there are days... When she will barely say anything to me when I walk into a room, she will get up and walk walk away. I have asked her before why she is mad at me, and she always tells me that she isn't mad at me and gives me some excuse about being tired or something. I don't believe her, because when she is with two of our other coworkers, she is completely different. I try not to let this bother me, but it does. I have been told that I care too much about friendships with people who don't really care about me and are only nice to me when they need something, and of course, I am always there for them. I'm at a loss about how I should handle this situation. Do I care too much? Thanks. Big hearted friend in IL. Becky. Well, Becky. you know what? Maybe, maybe we don't say Becky because she, she, she signed it big hearted friend. Big hearted friend? Yeah. Okay, big hearted friend. Who cares? It's a workplace well, relationship. Let's go here. Okay? This is where I'm going to go with this. Go. Big hearted friend asks, do I care too much? I respond, yes. Yes, way too much. Yes. You go to, you go to work every day. Yeah. You see you from 9 to 5, whatever, 8 to 4, whatever your hours are. Have a nice, cordial relationship. If she doesn't want to say hello, 
So what? You so know, what? I like to say I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. Right. When you're at work, you're not there for a good time. No. You're there for a long time. Right. So just get along with everybody. Don't, this is uh, not that serious. Don't let that they get in your headspace. Who cares? Yeah. Maybe she is having a bad day. Maybe she's maybe she's got a little bit of a, um, a personality kind of thing where she's moody. Maybe she's moody. Don't let her moodiness rub off on you. Who cares? Hey, how are you? Good day. You want a cup of coffee? Okay, bye. See you later. Bye. See you. Bye. That's it. It's just not that serious. I think you just show up. You do what you got to do. Do what you want to do. Right. And then move on. That's all you really need to do. End I of mean, story. You're, th- you're there for work. Okay? Don't worry about what people think of you or right. this or that. I got news for you. Okay? What people think of you is none of your business. That right. was a good one. Yeah. Right? That's, that's a quote I like. Yes. I don't so think don't you need to go down it. that road. Do your job. Don't let it affect your job. I don't even care what you think of me, Don. Well, that, that, that's, that's a little... That's a joke. That's a little deep. That's a joke. <laughs> just kidding. Anyway, no, anyway. I, wouldn't, I would just kind of go to work, do your thing, put your that's head it. down. Be nice. Always be nice. No reason to be nasty. Yeah. Hi, how are you? She doesn't say hello back. Say, okay, bye. See you. That's all. You what? don't know what her day's from. You don't know what she wakes up to yeah, every day. Yeah, you don't know. Don't worry about it. But maybe she is just tired. Maybe. Okay. Or maybe you're asking her a lot. Maybe she's under pressure. Yeah. Could have a, could a lot of things could be involved. Just let it go. A lot. This specifically is a Dear Dom uh, that came in on the mailbag. A question for the Dom when she is back on. So sorry if this is too heavy. Mm. So, I mean, that starts out pretty pretty serious. Yes. I have not read this. Okay. Dear Don, gets right to you, right at you. <laughs> not even I'm not even mentioned in this. All right. Okay. Dear Don, firstly, I have to mention how blessed you are regarding family and the people surrounding you. I'm envious in the best possible way of the family life you all have. And what I mean by that is the closeness and support for each other you all have. My mom and dad split up four years ago after 34 years. And two years ago, my younger brother committed suicide. So currently, my family is totally on its knees and split. I'm so sorry if this is too heavy, but do you have any advice for helping men broken relationships within families or even have any advice for moving forward after such a devastating situation. Any advice would be appreciated. God bless from Scotland. Wow. Wow. Poor thing. Wow. First of all, I'm very sorry on both counts. Uh, the first thing I could say is your parents' relationship is not your relationship. You know, uh, if they broke up and their marriage is no longer um, intact, that has nothing to do with you. You can still have a relationship with each of them individually. Or they can try and uh, hopefully uh, mend uh, fences and put pain aside uh, and try to be civil where they could be in the same room with you. I don't know now if uh, losing your brother is just you and you don't have any other siblings, and I'm very, very sorry for that. And um, sometimes you have to walk away to save yourself, if that makes sense. So I don't know the ins and outs of the divorce. I don't know the ins and outs of your relationship with your parents. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of your brother, you know, um, his suicide, why he chose to do it. I, I am going to guess that it had nothing to do with your parents breaking up. I think there were obviously underlying issues beyond that that maybe were masked over, <clears throat> um, hidden, whatever the case may be. So well, you can't, you <clears throat> can't. You can't live your life paying for everybody else's decisions, pain, etc. 
Well, I think that I think is obviously useful advice for number one. It's a horrible, horrible situation. Horrible. Okay, a horrible thing to be confronted by. And There's so else. much that we don't know, and that's why you <clears> got to <throat> tread lightly on well, how you. I mean, answer. Well, not even so much of that. I think like let's just kind of take it on what it is. They ask two questions. Number one, how do you mend broken relationships? And then number two, how do you move on from devastating situations? Right. And I think where you know where you're, you know the position that it is, is, is you have to look at it. It's really kind of two things, right? I think when it, when something that devastating happens, you kind of have to look at it and say, all right, well, you, you really got to take not even the day by day approach. It's a moment by moment approach. Okay. And it's about how do I take the conversation that I'm having with a family member whomever it is, whether you have issues with this person or whatever, if you guys are all sharing the same hurt, okay, that means you shared the same love for the person and all that other stuff too. So kind of focus on that good memory that you have and build on build it, on okay? It. Yep. I don't think it's a good exercise to kind of point fingers in, in situations Absolutely like not. that. You have to just kind of accept that, you know, those types of conversations probably won't be all that productive and this is not coming from any type of expertise this is just if i was god forbid presented with such a situation how i would say to handle it but the mending thing is interesting because i think all you can really do and i've been in that position you've been in that position all you really can do what i have learned is be the best you you can be and really, really, really be 100% sure when you're looking introspectively. That's a word, right? It's mm-hmm. introspectively. Um, when you're looking inside of yourself that you are not doing anything to contribute to that situation. If that's where you are lying, okay? Okay, where, where, where your amount of um, involvement in whatever the, the relationship is. If you really can lay down at, at night and say, I'm not doing anything to contribute negatively to this whole thing, that's all you can ask for. And then just continue to kind of be open. Don't allow, you know, any of the negative aspects of things that might be behind you. Forgive what you can and then move on. But, you know, it's a two-way street and, also. And please understand, it doesn't happen in a day. It doesn't happen in a week. It doesn't happen in a month. Sometimes it doesn't happen in a year. And sometimes okay. you've got to be okay with it not happening. Right. You know? Um, so listen, I've walked that road plenty of times and I've had to make some very, very heart wrenching, serious, um, decisions in my life. And I feel like, you know, with age and maturity, things become clearer, hopefully. Um, and you have to look at, okay, what is this relationship costing me emotionally, physically, because emotions can lead to physical, um, issues you know how you know how stress affects the body and you have to really really examine yourself the people involved the situation and what you want from it and sometimes things just can't be fixed and if something can't be fixed you have to um, work on acceptance and understanding of the whys and move on because if you if you can't, the worst thing you could do is stay stagnant, and the worst thing you could do is put thoughts in somebody's heads as to the whys and everything and blame. So you have to look at yourself and, like Alby said, and say, okay, what role did I play in this, and uh, what role do I want to play moving forward? And guess what? I always tell my kids, all their lives growing up, 
You cannot force someone to love you. You should never have to beg someone to love you. And that goes with relationships too. You should never have to beg someone to be in your life. And if someone doesn't want to be in your life, you have to accept it. Well, I think, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things and, and you don't want to do too much assuming in this situation. But right. When you're talking about mending relationships, you have to really, you know, I always feel for that person because to me, I just feel like that should be a two way street. The but relationships, the relationships that I've wanted to mend. OK. I have to tell you the truth. I am more than comfortable with the amount of close, close, close people that I was connected to, like stronger than blood that I don't talk to, I'm thrilled they're not in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. Thrilled. I, I can't even put it into words how okay with that that I am. However, they all started exactly where she is. Right. Wanting to mend it, wanting the desire to keep it around. And here's the thing. You, where I, I kind of came to it, or at least for me, was I have a love for this person and all that other things. And all those other things, which is fine. But I also have an innate need in myself to say, hey, we have I, I want to be a positive person in your life for whatever reason, or I want this relationship to kind of continue. And sometimes you come to the realization that this person is not number one who you thought they were. Don't put as don't see the relationship in the same way as you do. Are a little bit more selfish or whatever, or are just driven by different things. Well, people evolve too, Al. Well, people change, whatever. And you have to be kind of okay with not putting more energy into that because it's only going to – I found it's only going to drain you. However, I don't regret trying because the worst thing – You should always try. The the worst thing that could have happened was if these relationships went bad and, you know, you don't do anything to try and and mend it. But you just got to kind of acknowledge at some point it's got to be a two-way street. You know, I I have like my my little rule now is I approach twice. If I go to you twice to try and fix something and you're not – you know, there won't be a third time. Like the third time's on you. And if you go and fix something and the relationship is mended and it lasts for two weeks and the person is who they were again and it just brings you to negative places – you just got to know when to walk away, mm-hmm. okay? And sometimes walking away, trust me, is the hardest thing in the world. It's the biggest heartbreak in the world, but it's the best thing in the world for the big picture and your future. Yeah, and I think then, you know, on, honestly, on the on the devastating, moving on from the devastating stuff, it's a, it's a sad thing for sure. I think what you got to do is you got to f- cling to um, whatever good memories that might exist and try and make them present now and make them bigger and that might be, you know, trying to – help other people that are in certain situations like that that might be putting together you know charity things that might be going to lunch on his birthday type right. of stuff there, there are right. little things that you can do to kind of keep that alive and I think that stuff is important right but hey I mean um, you know so Don do you feel um, I mean that's a very heavy thing obviously mm. number one and she shouldn't feel bad for being the heavy stuff we take all kinds of, of, of and again we're here. not psychologists we're just like shooting from the hip here I mean you know what, though I, I actually said this and I almost feel sometimes that the show was a gift in this way people commented on our lives for 10 years and now right. we're actually getting a chance to kind of turn it around um, I don't I, I think it's cool that this is now kind of a place to go with all different types of life scenarios and I kind of feel like when it's something like like that that now let's be fair that question had nothing to do with me there was two it was to you specifically you get a lot of that mm. where people come to you with very very deep right. emotional stuff right okay do you does, how does that make you feel 
It's strange because um, a very big part of me um, doesn't understand it. Like when people say, oh, my God, you're the best mother or you have the best family. You, have this, you know, I just think it's because you see us. It's, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around because, you know, we're not perfect. And I've, I've never, ever said on the show that our family was perfect. I always said that you kids fought like cats and dogs and we mm. had our issues. Marky was terrible yesterday. Yeah, she was a monster <laughs> yesterday. Um, true story. But, uh, you know, we I've never said that we were perfect, and I've never said that I know everything. But, you know, I think with people watching us, and I have to say that I'm very, very proud of the family that Daddy and I built, meaning our little nuclear family, you know, our, our, our fab, fab seven that we are now. Um, I'm very proud of that. But, um, listen, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears along the way to build that thing. So when people ask my advice and... and I'm I'm happy to give advice about the best I can about, you know, raising your kids because your kids are not kids. You're grown men and women, and I think we've done a phenomenal job, and I think you've turned out, all three of you, to be wonderful, caring, successful human beings. So I think there's something to be said for that. So I can only share what I did, the mistakes I made, and the positive things I made. Um you know, marriage and stuff like that. I don't see daddy. So who the hell knows? If he ever retires, we'll probably wind up hating each other. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's a joke, but well, maybe not. I, uh, I think I think that the big thing for for me um, I, is that I think you've kind of always put yourself out there as it is. When it was good, it's it's out there as being good. When it's bad, it's out there as being bad. And right. I think it it's made people very comfortable to bring that here, which is fun. Because for me, honestly, it's kind of a cool... It's a cool thing that everybody writes in just basically and, and lets it fly on their real life. When it's funny, it's funny. When it's sad, it's sad. When it's angry, it's angry. And that's what I think well, we're – Well, maybe that's it. You know, I was I, – and I, I do take pride in the fact that I am uh, strong enough to be me, meaning no makeup. You know, who cares what I look like? I don't care what I'm wearing. You know, I don't care – what I'm saying, what I'm doing. I was, I never, and I made a promise to you guys and I made a promise to myself many years ago before those first cameras started rolling and that was daddy's request, just be you. Well, so thank ba- you for that. Basically, it takes it takes a lot of pride to be a shit show is what you're saying. True story. Very, very nice. Guys, thank you so much for writing in. Dear Albie, mailbag at gmail.com. We got a lot of, so we're going to finally start the guest portion of the show. Hit us up. Tell us who you want to see. Hit us up with the questions. Um, We've been getting bombarded on there. Keep it coming. You guys are the greatest. We will catch you later. Bye.